In today's message, though, Pastor Daniel will tell us of another name given to those of us who choose to give our lives to Jesus, friend. God wants an intimate relationship with each one of us. Because Jesus took away our sins by his death on the cross, we get to have that. We're still servants, but now also friends. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Joshua chapter 1 with part 1 of his message, Be Strong. love it when we get to start a brand new series together. I'm always a little freaked out when we start a brand new series as well, though, because you don't quite know what's going to happen. I mean, you know what the text says, but you, we start these series and it's always like, Lord, what are you going to do? And I know for me, we've been traveling together here in the middle of the week through the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible now for five years. I think my hair grew about three feet since we started. (laughs) And God has done a lot in us. And now we begin this next section in the Old Testament, these historical books that we know as the book of Joshua. Now, what's powerful about the book of Joshua is God has a timing for things. And God's timing is often never our timing. But God is always faithful to his timing for when he wants to bring certain things to pass. See, we're at a point right now in the history of the children of Israel where God is going to fulfill promises that he made hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. Now, I know that's hard for some of us because there's things that you're waiting for, that you're hoping for, things that you want to see happen, and they haven't happened yet. And you have to remember that God's timing is always the right time. So rather than giving you a lot of background, open up in your Bibles to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, as we begin The book of Joshua, this first series in this book that we're calling Conquest. If you're new to the Bible, it's the sixth book in your Bible. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then, of course, the book of Joshua. So it's towards the beginning of your Bible. On my Bible, it's page 190. 
So, so it's just, it's towards the beginning of the Bible here. So just jumping right on in, look what it says in Joshua chapter one, verse one, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore arise and go over the Jordan, you and all this people to the land, which I am giving them the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you All the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, verse 6. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Talk about a powerful beginning. See, these opening words, These first, I just read nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. It begins with... After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying. So we realize that at this point, Moses has now moved off of the scene. And you have to realize that Moses was, next to the Lord himself, Moses was the centerpiece of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In the lineage of the children of Israel, you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you have Joseph in a sense, and then you have Moses. And now all of a sudden we find Moses has left the scene. And Moses is called here the servant of the Lord. Now, that's a pretty powerful title. It's used all through the scriptures. Really, Abraham's called the servant of the Lord. King David's called servant of the Lord. But let's never forget the fact that Jesus actually invites us to an even greater relationship than just servant of the Lord. Because he said, I have called you what? Friends. How powerful is that? See, we get to be friends of God. When was the last time someone asked you, hey, so what are you all about? You said, well, I'm a friend of Jesus. We should use that language, I think, shouldn't we? You want to be the kind of person, I'm a friend of Jesus. Because that is exactly what God did for us through Jesus. He invited us to be family, to be close. Not just a position of servant, but the intimacy that comes from friendship. And Moses is called the servant, but now what we learn is it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, 
Moses' assistant. Now, first, Joshua, the son of Nun. Nun is his father's name, not he's not the child of somebody who's nobody. Okay? There's a bad biblical joke about Joshua being the son of Nun. What's the only biblical person who's got no parents? Joshua, he's the son of Nun. So, cheesy. You can share with your Christian friends. They'll think it's funny. Your non-Christian friend will just think it's a lame joke. Anyway, but Joshua's family, his dad's his name was Nun. People aren't really using that too much anymore, but you might want to bring it back if you're having a boy. But what we learn here is Joshua was Moses' assistant. Now, of course, we've seen that all the way through the story of Moses, that Joshua was the guy who wherever Moses was, Joshua wanted to be. See, because Moses spent time in the presence of God. And because Moses was allowed to be there, Joshua was like, I just want to be with Moses because Moses is in the presence of God. And really what we see here is the idea in the Bible of discipleship, it really speaks of apprenticeship. When you think about somebody who is apprenticing for something, you link yourself with somebody who is really good at something. And as they're doing it, they allow you to see how it all works and they allow you to be a part of it. And then with you being a part of it, at some point, you begin to take on the skills because you've been apprenticed into this position. That's exactly what happened to Joshua. Joshua got to be in the presence of God because God was doing a work through Moses. And as experiencing that over time, now all of a sudden, Moses' servant, the guy who is Moses' companion, who is always with Moses, now he's ready to take the next step. He moves from being the apprentice to being the leader. Now, that's kind of a lost art in our day and age because we live in a day and age where everyone wants everything super fast. We have the whole situation now where people come out of college and think they're supposed to be the CEO because they got a college degree, right? Like nobody wants to like learn. Everyone's like, I got a degree in this. I know how it's supposed to work. But the Bible still loves this lost art of discipleship. Life upon life. The things that Joshua learned watching Moses. Wow. We see them on display all through this book. I look at my own life. I so am grateful to the Lord for my pastor, Pastor John Henry Corcoran. I brought him up to speak, you know, about a year ago. I got to spend time with him a couple weeks back. It's amazing how much of what I understand about Jesus and ministry I learned from this one man who allowed me to learn the ministry. I remember when I first started serving alongside my pastor, and I remember he said, okay, we're going to go to the hospital now. I'm like, wait, what are we going to do? We're going to go to the hospital. I'm like, are you sick? He's like, no. I'm like, am I sick? He's like, well, it's debatable, but we're not going for any of those reasons. He's like, we have to go visit someone in the hospital. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I'm like all eager beaver, like ready to go, like do something. I get in the car. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? And he says, nothing. That's what he said. He said, if they say hi, say hi. Don't say anything. Just watch. Just watch. Right. And so I was like the little, like, you know, the guy in my password walking out, just, you know, and I loved it because he didn't want me to, in my eagerness to jump in and do something inappropriate in that. And so he brought me along and I remember he stopped by the nurse's station. He said, hi to everybody, introduced himself, say, I'm going to see so-and-so is now a good time. And I just watch it. And then we get into the room and it's someone from the congregation and it's like, oh, Pastor John Henry, thanks for coming. I'm how you doing? I'm not doing well at all. I mean, you were in the hospital. Oh, Daniel, it's good to see you. You know, <laughs> didn't want to say anything. 
and I got a chance to watch my pastor just minister, not only to the person who was the patient, but to their family and nurses and doctors and other people. And then after we got in the car, I'm like, what just happened? And he began to unpack all this stuff for me. He said, Daniel, you never do a hospital call without first checking into the nurse's station. Why? Because they're people too. And maybe God has somebody on that floor because God wants to touch them, the nurse. He's like, don't miss the fact they're around sickness and unhealth all day long. And it's like all these things that I learned being the guy just like, I'm his assistant. I'm just like, you know? And I'm so grateful for that. Listen, do you have somebody who walks with the Lord who you are saying, can I be a part of what God's doing? We all need to learn from somebody who spends time in God's presence. And I believe that's something that God is doing here at Crossroads because God is in the business of growing people up. So just as Moses would often be spoken to by the Lord, now Joshua is in that place. He is the person receiving from the Lord. Now, it says next, Moses, my servant, verse 2, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land to which I am giving them, the children of Israel, and every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I have said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now what's beautiful is this actually gives us the entire outline for the book of Joshua. It begins with them crossing over this Jordan. It's time for them to move past the Jordan River into the promised land. And we find this crossing the Jordan River for the first about five chapters or four and a half chapters. Verse three outlines the conquest of them taking the land that God had promised them, which leads you from the middle of chapter five all the way through chapter 12. And then verse four implies the distribution of the land amongst all the people, which of course we get chapter 13 to 22. And then you have all the rest of the days of Joshua's life, which is the rest of the book. So right here in these verses, we're reminded that Moses is gone. Now, remember, Moses wasn't allowed to bring the children of Israel into the promised land, right? Because he misrepresented God when he got angry at the people, but also to have a picture that we would always know that Moses, who is a picture of the law, the law can never get you into the promised land. Being religious can't get you into the promised land. If you think about what religion is, right? Religion is a person's attempt to please God, right? And so you can look at every religion. What does this say of humanity's attempt to please God? That's religion. It's I do God and now I get heaven. I get nirvana. I get to be reincarnated as a butterfly or something. You know what I mean? There's some, I do this and now I get this. That's religion, right? And you may say, well, Sofusco, hold on a second. Christianity is a religion too. Actually, it's really not. Because Christianity never says you need to do this and then God is happy with you. Christianity says 
God sent Jesus and God is happy in Jesus. And anyone who finds themselves in Jesus, God is happy with because God is happy with Jesus. Does that make sense? Now, don't get me wrong. There's all sorts of people who practice Christianity as these are my duties to make God give me heaven because I want it. But that's not Christianity. That is not the teachings of Jesus who is the Christ. The teachings of Jesus who is the Christ is that me left up to my own devices only know rebellion against God and self-service. And because of my faith in Jesus, although my sins were as scarlet, I have been made white as snow. Although my life and your life has been a repetition of us trying maybe to do good things and failing in a million ways. When I and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, Jesus robes us in his righteousness. He shares his perfections with us. And when God sees us, he sees Jesus in us and he is well pleased in us because his son is in us. And that has nothing to do with what we do. That's why people all the time, they say, I can't believe People who are Christians can do such a thing. I'm like, I can. The Bible never says that a Christian's going to be get everything right. Christians often get a lot of things wrong. It doesn't excuse what we've gotten wrong, but we often get a lot of things wrong, and that's exactly why we believe in Jesus in the first place. Because we get some stuff wrong, and we acknowledge I get this stuff wrong. Now I'm not saying we should be like, well, who cares then? Because you got all sorts of books in the Bible that tell you that that's cheap grace. That's not real grace. But when you realize Joshua had to be the person to bring the children into the promised land because the law can't get you there. And don't miss the fact, of course, the name Joshua in the Hebrew would be Yeshua, which would be what? Jesus. Yeah. It ain't by chance, my friends. This is by design. It's by design. That we would always know. Now, of course, what we find, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I'm giving them. Now, don't forget, this land was promised to them back in Genesis chapter 15 with Abraham. So we're talking 400 and something years earlier. Now it's time. All these generations have passed. Now it's time to go in every place that the sole of your foot treads. That's going to be yours. I'm giving it to you. I said to Moses, this is how it's going to work. And we get again the boundaries of the land from right where they are at the Jordan River all the way over to the great river Euphrates, which is in modern day Iraq, all the way to the great sea, to the Mediterranean, this huge piece of land that's been promised to them, they're supposed to go in and receive. No man, it says in verse 5, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And what that means is that you are my chosen vehicle. Nobody's going to be able to come against you because just as Moses was my guy on the scene in my name, now you are. Now you might say, wow, cool. Joshua's blessed. But what we're going to see in a moment is that you and I are in the exact same spot. No, no, you're not called to lead the children of Israel to the promised land. But the same authority has been bestowed upon each one of us. If you're here today and you're a child of God. 
you're a friend of Jesus, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that there's an authority that has been bestowed upon you in Christ, that the same thing, that there is something that you are created for and to do, and we are just like Joshua in this way. Why? Because notice what he says in verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This idea that he's saying, my presence will always be with you. And guess what? That's exactly what Jesus said at the end of Matthew's gospel in the Great Commission. When he sent them out, he said, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach them all the things I command you. And then, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age, it says. I just quoted Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Verse 20, when Jesus says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, the presence of Jesus leads us out into mission. Now, mission is the word that we use for you and I living in Christ. Because wherever you are, wherever you go, you are on mission with Jesus. And his presence leads us into mission. So whether, like we have a team in Lebanon, we had a bunch of our young folks from Crossroads, they call themselves UFK, they're united for the kingdom. They were just in Africa. We have a group of people going to Montana for the Blackfeet nation trip. We got people getting ready to go to Macedonia. And each one of us goes into our community and our world every single day. You live this life. The Bible calls that being on mission. Because when Jesus is with you, God's got a greater plan than whatever it is that we think we're doing. Do you realize that? When you run out of TP and you got to go to the store and get that stuff, you're not just out of TP. You're not just on an errand to get toilet tissue. If you didn't know what TP was. Toilet paper, to be specific. You're there because maybe God wants you to run into somebody so that you can be a minister and an ambassador of Christ. Maybe your car broke down just so you'd be in a specific situation so that God could do something. See, that's what happens when you realize that the presence of Jesus leads us out into this world. His presence makes all the difference. Now, because his presence is there, we have a repetition that begins in these next verses. Look what it says in verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And then if you go down a little bit farther in verse 9, be strong and of good courage. So brothers and sisters, what do I have to say to you about this? Be strong and of good courage. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, be strong. Okay, to my brothers and sisters in Southwest Portland, be very strong and very courageous. To my friends online, be strong and very courageous. Why is this so important? Because guess what? The reason most of us are not experiencing the presence of God is because we forget God is with us and we live our lives fear-based. Jesus is Crossroads Community Church, Jesus is Real Radio. This uh, is the voiceover for the Conquest series for the outros for messages one through five. Here's one part one. Pastor Daniel began a new message series in the book of Joshua today, picking up the story of the Israelites following Moses' death. 
Though their leader had passed on, God was still with the Israelites. He'd been training up a new man to take them where Moses could not. In Joshua, the chosen people would finally get to enter the promised land. The next steps wouldn't be easy, but with faith and courage, it would be accomplished. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will ask us to think about what God's calling us to do that's going to require courage. If there's something that's making you nervous, don't give up and hide. Instead, repeat the words God spoke to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. God was always on Joshua's side, and he's on yours too. He may lead you into difficult situations, but he'll never abandon you as you go. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Conquest. Until then, may God bless.